0: So when you're standing in line or you're around other people, do you ever, uh, unconsciously or or just out of habit, kind of watch other people as they as they use
1: technology? Oh, I do. I think I, in particular, pay attention to what type of technology they're using. And again, it feels weird to I, I don't like not not word. in a creepy way, not in a creepy way. Yeah,
0: but I also I don't like saying the word technology in that sense. But I like seeing what's in the wild and what people are using. Like you know, like when you see the unicorns, like when you see somebody with. Uh, like a, a uh one of the new generation Blackberries, and you're just like what, or a Windows Phone, or like
1: when you see the first twelve point nine inch iPad Pro in the wild that you've seen. I told you about that, right?
0: <laughs> I think you did, but I don't remember because my like it was either somebody being uh, somebody using it for sheet music or somebody using it to take a photo as a tourist, and I and I
1: assume it's probably both. <laughs> I, I, I wish it was the the uh, tourist taking a photo. No, it was the um organ player at the Castro Theater was using it for sheet music, which I thought was actually one of maybe like three sensible uses for that device.
0: Yeah. It's either medical imaging, sheet music, or- Or taking uh, photos. Or coffee table. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but like uh, for me, the the biggest uh, habit that I see in the wild of people that uh, drives me nuts is, is the forced closing of apps. And and I, I'm not somebody who's going to go butt into everybody's business, so I'm not going to tell somebody to not do that. But that's one of those things that I just can't unsee. I'm not trying to be nosy, but it's just impossible when you see them do the double click and just start swiping up, in, uh, out of habit for no good reason.
1: That's a widespread thing. There are there are a lot of people that do that. I
0: think there's everybody that does that. It's it's
1: yeah yeah. So what is it for you? Uh, something that like bothers me that I see yeah world. like like
0: people leaving keyboard clicks on uh, people like stuff like that.
1: I think one of the things that I has been um, kind of a BMI bonnet lately, as you would say mm-hmm. is um, people who use their laptops in sort of odd places. so like I'm like on the bus for example, or on a chariot, which which we'll talk much more about later. Um, to me that that's just not that's not really an appropriate context to to use a laptop. Or I think also uh, uh, along the same lines, but uh, getting at a slightly different thing. I just think the concept of like using a laptop in a coffee shop, like the idea that you can go to a coffee shop and somehow be more productive than you would be in an office or at home. I, I find that to be a little um, silly. Hmm.
0: As somebody who's a gig- who's a very big believer in that, I, I take issue with that. Really. You
1: don't you don't strike me as one of those types of people.
0: Like I don't do it every day, but sometimes like if I've just either been at the office or I've been at home too much, sometimes just being somewhere else. It's like I'm not trying to say like it's some like productivity hack or something, but I think just being somewhere else around other people uh helps me focus and do more work. Like I like being around other people kind of makes me feel self-conscious and guilty about being off task. And also, like, just the energy of things happening around you in a place that's somewhat unfamiliar, or at least just not someplace you're super used to. Uh, It it helps me
1: work a lot better. Interesting. I I guess I, I can relate to sort of the staying on task idea, because that's how I feel a lot of times in the open concept seating arrangement I'm in at my office, where... You know, there's probably about twenty different people that can see my screen at any given time. Mm-hmm. So, but I guess you know that's a little different because these are people that I you know work with. Whereas I'm not sure I'd feel quite that same way if it was like twenty strangers in a coffee shop. Things I don't think that
0: they're like anybody like judging me or anything. I think it's just that there's more. Since I'm not at home, I don't. I just feel like I have more. It feels like a less conducive environment to uh just goofing off
1: hmm interesting but, yeah, but i'm That's... I'm a huge believer that even like i even like going back to college like i was never i was never the type that would leave the apartment so that i could go work in the like the library or something or like in our case in santa barbara like the UCEN or somewhere like that just it wasn't I guess I would do it like if I was working in a group or something, I'm sure like you and I did that at some point, but, mm-hmm. um, if just, just working alone, like I wouldn't think to go into a public place and then somehow derive more productivity or focus or whatever out of that. Yeah. I'll also
0: disagree. I have, I have favorite libraries and I have favorite parks. So yeah. Huh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, a bit of a
1: library connoisseur. Really? Even post-college? Oh Yeah. Okay. Libraries are so nice. Oh yeah, and I don't, um, I don't disagree. But again, just another thing that I, I did not know about you. Sure. Feel like feel like there's a lot I don't know about you, which is surprising given how often we're in communication.
0: I'm an open book. Only only when you're in a library. That's a library joke. Uh
1: Yeah. Should we? Um, Or sorry, I'm. I'm probably probably cut that. We'll probably cut that out.
0: I'm an unlocked iPad. That you have to press the home button twice now for some reason.
1: Well, you only have to press it once. No, it's not. Okay,
0: we'll, we'll get to it.
1: <laughs> we'll, get, we'll, we'll come back to that.
0: that. Th- this is going to be an angry week because, yeah. again, I, I've, I've relocated. I've been doing a lot of stuff, and I've had new technology enter my life because I'm an idiot that dropped and broke my iPad and other things. And it's been a big software release week. So there's like eight different things that uh, I'm struggling with or that, that are kind of uh, throwing wrenches into, um, into my garbage disposal.
1: I don't think that's a saying, but um (laughs) anything's a saying. (laughs) I think being angry on this show is appropriate because I was reminded on this week's upgrade, uh um, I think Mike made the allusion to how angry him and Jason were exactly a year ago when we were going through um the you know, the latest version of iOS and the iPhone, and they like for it felt like two or three episodes in a row, we're just on this long rant about how just kind of like terrible that whole like upgrade process was and so i feel like i guess it's just this time of year when we when we get all this new apple tech that we just get all riled up yeah
0: but i think this this year it's it's warranted or at least i don't know it's it's a point of frustration i don't want to be one of the people that just complains because everything everything is great but it's 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 really not
1: um yeah well so i guess speaking of things that aren't all that great so should the should we just jump right into ios 10 sure um so i feel like we would be remiss uh before we start talking about the os itself um to talk a little bit about the upgrade process um in the nine years i've now owned iphones i have never once had any sort of issue upgrading ios whether it be a full release or even just one of the point releases along the way I have never, ever had an issue with iTunes, over-the-air, you name it. It's always just been a completely seamless process. Um, And that streak came to a grinding halt yesterday when I was one of the the poor souls who did an over-the-air update within about the first hour that iOS 10 was available. Because during this time, virtually everyone who did the -the over-the-air update ended up in a situation where the update would download, it would begin to install, but about a quarter or halfway through the installation process, the phone would just show the lightning cable and then the iTunes logo, indicating that you were supposed to connect your phone to the computer. So that happened, and I immediately kind of panicked and thought I had lost all my data, even though it was Backed up in iCloud. I just figured that I somehow wouldn't be able to roll back to that version, and I just I felt like I was in a bad spot. Um, but I did connect it to iTunes. iTunes allowed me to, and I'm I'm doing this in air quotes, update or upgrade to iOS 9.3.5, which was the version of iOS already on the phone. Uh, that worked. Got the phone back onto iOS 9, and then I was able to subsequently update to iOS 10. Uh, using iTunes so I guess all's well that ends well but it was certainly a kind of stressful hour and a half or so yesterday yeah I think that's where it pays to not
0: be a bleeding-edge adopter because that means that you updated like immediately at 10 a.m
1: right I mean uh, I I updated probably within yeah within like 10 to 15 minutes of it being live
0: yeah I, I know it shouldn't be risky but yeah It happens, but there's always always a way back.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, fortunately there was. Um, I mean, I also like put an OmniFocus reminder to bring my Apple Watch charging cable so that I can install watchOS 3 like at the office yesterday. So I was like, I was all in on on early upgrading, but. Even
0: knowing that watchOS updates take between three and eight hours?
1: Well, I mean, that was part of the motivation was that I wanted just to get it done like while I was working as opposed to coming home. And then having to wait, you know, a number of hours. Got it.
0: Okay, so let's do you want to, let's talk about the the meat and bones of the
1: um of the biggest uh biggest release of iOS ever. Now the, I think the best release they've ever done, yeah. Um so I I don't know how if you felt this way, but I guess I really hadn't I hadn't used any of the public betas and I hadn't really followed much of the stories, if if there even were any about, you know, iOS ten and watch 3 over the summer. But I felt like when we got to yesterday and I actually installed both, I was like, I have completely forgotten <laughs> what what both of these do, like what the new features are. Like I, I kind of knew like at a very high level, like I knew iOS 10 did a lot of weird stuff with messages and I knew watchOS 3 had the dock thing. But like beyond that, I like didn't really remember anything about either OS. Did you Did you feel that way? I remembered
0: some of it. Like I remember the uh, the home application was going to be a thing, and I remember they they uh, they broke Control Center, and like there was a whole lot of st- stuff that they were doing that was supposed to be different. So I remember a lot of stuff was going to change in it, and I did remember like Siri for apps or for App Store apps, and that they were going to do the um like they were going to millennialify messages. So like yeah, stuff was going to happen, but yeah, I I don't think I don't think there were any um. Like groundbreaking features, like some iOS releases were like, oh, this is gonna be the one where they they do away with Google Maps and it's gonna be in house, or that this is the one that has Notification Center, or this is the one that has something. It was it was just kind of iterative, iterative, all the way around.
1: So I think the the biggest surprise for me, and maybe this wasn't even something they talked about explicitly on stage, but um, the whole just way that you unlock and initially interact with your phone now um you know fortunately jason snell had done a nice write-up on six colors the morning well yesterday morning shortly before ios 10 came out that i had just stumbled across before i installed the os and like had i not i i would have been i think super confused that the the whole way that you like unlock your phone now is is different yeah i
0: don't remember that being a thing that they had mentioned i know they were i knew that the like a list of notifications on your home screen were going to be more actionable and they were going to look like those like big bubble things rather than just a list of notifications. But I didn't remember them saying that they were going to break it in this
1: way. <laughs> so, yeah, so what we're talking about here is, you know, since the introduction of Touch ID, the way that you have gotten to the the home screen of your iPhone is you've just, you know, rested your your finger, typically your thumb, on the Touch ID sensor you don't have to actually physically press down the home button and just by unlocking the phone with touch id it would automatically bring you to uh, the springboard or your your home screen Uh, but now in ios 10 when you rest your finger on the touch id sensor if you don't depress the home button your phone's unlocked but you stay sort of in kind of like that top layer where you have access to um notification center and i don't know what do they call the screen with all the the widgets that used to just be another another tab in notification center and
0: apparently i don't think it has a separate name now
1: yeah okay what i mean whatever that screen is called that's
0: now in three different places which is which is annoying and weird y-
1: yeah um but so then you know to close the thought here so the way that you actually now go to the home screen is by pressing the home button so it's sort of like a, I guess it could still be a one-step process if you, you know, because the Touch ID sensor works if you simply just press the home button. But, you know, if, you, if you're used to just resting your finger on the home button, you now have to also remember to press the home button in order to get to the home screen. So I actually think like it's been an inconvenience these first couple of days, but I, I actually do see why Apple made that change.
0: Why did they make that change?
1: Well, because I think with Touch ID now, like, you know, if let's say that you had a list of notifications and maybe you wanted to look at or address those notifications without going to your home screen, like Touch ID is has become so good that, you know, even just barely putting your finger on the home button, you would instantly be brought to your home screen and those, you know, those notifications would go into the background and you'd have to pull the drawer down to get back to them. So I think like the idea now, especially since notifications are a lot more interactive, is there are situations where you don't necessarily want to go to your, you know, home list of apps. And instead, you just want to see your uh, notifications.
0: But then press the home button with your fingernail. Uh, There's already a workaround for this. Yeah, but I think that's a little clunky. (laughs) This is clunky. All right. So. There seems to be no rhyme or reason why this works this way. Because again, like, and I know this is probably just my own broken usage, but the way that I unlock my phone is usually I will just press my finger on, I will place my finger on the home button, not click, and then I will click, and then it would always unlock just fine. Like, or maybe four percent of the time it would, uh, I would have to depress my finger again. But now it seems like depending on how long it's been since I've used my phone, thirty-five percent of the time. Even if I do it just in a single press, it will still make me lift my finger up and click down on the home button again. And then also sometimes I will actually use the power button on the phone and then I will rest my finger on the home button and that doesn't work anymore. So I think that's the frustrating part because I I don't see who wants this level of interaction from their phone before they unlock it because all of the things that you can accomplish there can be accomplished by swiping down once your phone's unlocked. And either way, it's an extra step. it's just an extra step at a different
1: point in time well, I think what I think what apple would it would be counting on is that with these richer notifications, there are going to be more situations where when people interact with their phone, all they need to do is interact with those notifications and they and they don't need to go beyond that but none of that, but that doesn't stop being
0: true if you access it from the notification center
1: well, but let's say that. You just want to access notifications, and let's say that that becomes you know more often the thing that you want to do with this new you know workflow, as you would say. You don't ever even need to swipe down. You simply just put your thumb on the home button, and there you are. So, I mean, I'm I, I'm playing devil's advocate here. I mean, I'm you know, I, I that's I, I presume that's why the change was made, but okay. So, I mean, I get that, but there's also, keeping, keeping it going on
0: Notification Center, the, some other things for me that, that confound me and confuse me and, and, and are somewhat frustrating are that now if you pull down the Notification Center, a little shade at the top, regardless of what you were doing previously, it will always go to Notifications. It will not show you your list of like widgets or whatever those things were called, which, which is super annoying and also and i assume maybe they're like oh well if you're at the home screen you can swipe uh left to right and then your your widgets are there but that doesn't help if you're inside of an app
1: so. right which you know i i think the reason that stands out more to you and i is because we're users of launcher so that's sort of which is know, also broken now well we can get yeah we can get into that too but i i, I presume for a lot of people having notifications come up first is, is does actually make the most sense But I think for but if they're they're
0: going to give priority on the home screen, why do it in both places?
1: Well, I I mean it really. um, I mean to continue using phrases that you use. I mean I think it's Apple kind of doubling down on this idea that interact or notifications are going to become much more of a primary way to interact with your phone. And whether I mean that's Mm. that might be misguided. I don't know, but I think that's the. That's probably the theory. Okay. All right. So what else is new? Well, I mean, I guess we got to at least address the whole, the whole messages thing, because it like looking back at that event in June, it felt like that was the only thing they talked about. Um, and you know, I mean, it, it's, it's just as ridiculous in person as it was during the demo. Um, outside of these first couple of days where it's kind of fun just to try all these different effects and things like i, I just can't ever see a situation where i'm ever going to legitimately use any of that stuff except maybe the balloons on somebody's birthday or something um and like i don't know like the the, the app store thing in particular i don't know it just seems um clunky because it's it's almost like you're accessing this entire app and an entire app store like just using like the bottom quarter of your phone and it's just I don't know it, it's kind of um, I don't know kind of weird. Yeah,
0: so I mean, again, this is this is all this is stuff for millennials, right? Because like I don't actually use Facebook Messenger, and I assume this is what Facebook Messenger is, right?
1: I I use Facebook Messenger, and I mean it can be i guess but i feel like this stuff has an even more prominent place in messages now than it does somewhere like facebook messenger yeah so i mean i understand
0: why they want to integrate apps like i think like the square cache example is is um really sensible but like i just i don't know i don't see how it's i think it complicates the app a lot But who who knows?
1: I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think it. In addition to just like look
0: how small the text box is.
1: Yeah, I was going to say like in in addition to you know complicating it, I think it also just it just clutters the app where there just isn't there just isn't as much space now. It feels like no, it looks super
0: cluttered. They have the the damn whether whether you have the uh, show contact photos toggle in settings on or off. It still shows the person's face at the top, which takes up even more space. Now you have this heart with two fingers poking it uh, icon, an App Store icon, uh, and then you have that uh, voice memo texting thing, which I, I literally in my entire life I've never seen anybody use. And now the um, the text input thing is like four four pixels wide. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It's it's super super complicated and busy looking now
1: yeah um and like the whole going back to the app thing i just in addition to it being sort of just clunky to use because of the way it's integrated just at the you know the bottom quarter of the app i i just don't i just don't see myself like using apps a ton in messenger like i mean i, I totally get the whole like send a payment to somebody using venmo or square cash like mean, that that makes sense but like I don't know how often do you like really do that, or like how inconvenient is it really just to hop out into the Venmo or Square Cash app? Like, I just I don't I don't really know if apps within the the you know Messenger app are something that you would want to use often enough and are legitimately that much better than just going out and using the full version of the app. Maybe I don't. Know, maybe in practice it'll end up being that way, but I just I don't know. I I, I find that hard to imagine
0: like for me that would make more sense like i understand that they want to reduce the friction between like this is what happened in ios 8 when they uh when they created extensions like they want to reduce the friction of being able to do uh inter communication but like what i would assume is since they already like made control center super complicated now or like it's now like this multi-window thing why couldn't they have just rolled that into control center and then that would apply to all apps. Uh, it seems like they they siloed away a ton of functionality in iMessaging, which I mean that that would be like that. This is not something that you can use like inside of Slack or Facebook Messenger or, or some of the other messaging apps that people use. So it's now siloed away in this one place, and it's complicated, which is uh, it's complicated a core feature of the phone. But again, I'm I we're probably just not the target audience. We need people that are five to ten years younger. <laughs>
1: I think I think we're gonna find ourselves saying that more and more often.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 <sighs> uh what's what's the positive or God, is there anything? Um <laughs> No, seriously, like just because 'cause I'm trying to think of actual... Well actually no, I will talk about like it's faster.
1: Yeah. Like they've I, they've, yeah. Souped,
0: they've 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 uh, tightened up and shortened a lot of the animations because even if you went and did that like little accessibility thing where you say reduce motion, it never really reduced the amount of time. Uh, that the phone was taking to animate like a transition between an app or like a springboard action, but now it's definitely zippier. I'm not saying the OS is faster, but it's less waiting.
1: I have noticed the same thing, and that that has been the one really positive thing. Um, it's kind of the first time I I think that's ever really happened. Like I, even in the past when Apple has said, "Oh, you know, this is the most efficient version of iOS we've ever done," like I, I've never really felt that upgrading made. The phone feel faster but I it definitely does in this case
0: yeah and, and again i'm not saying that the the phone itself is faster but they yeah they feels it feels, they, feels they, faster yeah they scaled back the uh, unnecessary animations and nothing has been lost right yeah you still you still get a sense of motion in in context in spatial relationships and stuff so it, it's fine
1: um i one thing one thing i noticed is um like has has the phone app been updated at all since the original iPhone? Um I, I feel I think, like I feel like when you're when you're in a phone call, that UI has been the same since iOS one. Or like back back when it was phone OS.
0: Yeah, it's pretty much it. I mean in iOS seven they added the the damn contact photos thing
1: in the favorites list. And which um, uh, which uh, by the way. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, like, I, know. I I gotta get this out. So in iOS 9, they introduced the idea of having those bubbles um, in your list of conversations in the Messages app, which was annoying, but there was a setting to turn that off. So, Well, there still is. No harm, no foul. And there, that's, that setting is still there. However, now in iOS 10, that same contact photo bubble appears at the top of your conversation when you go inside a specific conversation, which you know, A, takes up a lot of space, kind of um, contributing to the convoluted nature of the app now, but two, like, you know, unlike Apple stage demos, I don't have professionally taken photos of all of my contacts, and in many cases, just don't have a photo at all. You don't? I mean, for, you know, for you, I do. For, do you? Yeah. I think it's synced from Facebook at some point.
0: Oh, I'm like, I, I do not allow
1: photos to be taken of me. Because <laughs> that's and that, that's the one saving grace to this is that there is the like the Facebook integration where you c- it downloads a bunch of pictures for you, um, with your you know contacts who also have a Facebook profile that you're friends with. But you know, I mean, there's I would say that that only applies to maybe I don't know half of the contacts that I regularly communicate with, if that. Mm-hmm. So. You know, there's a lot of cases where, you know, I just look at somebody, and it's just their first initial and last initial in that, in that area. And like what, e- even the photo, I would argue, doesn't really contribute much to the experience being inside, you know, a message chain, but particularly when it's just the person's initials, that really doesn't add anything.
0: Yeah. And also your picture, which is, I think, from 2007 or something, does not help anything at all.
1: Uh. Does that also from uh, the Facebook sync? I think I did that once. Uh, like I think I, I don't know if that was Microsoft
0: Outlook or some or some app that did that, like eight years ago.
1: And now, yeah, all that stuff's super out of date. So are you? Are you? You saying the fo- the photo you have of me in my contacts page is not particularly flattering? No, you just I, I assume you've aged. I I don't think so.
0: No, you look like you. have <laughs> 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 Um. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, like, I don't, they keep doing all this stuff, like, who does that? Like, because I, I know certain people do, like, contact photos for some of their, like, their most, their closest contacts, but even people who are kind of conscientious about doing that probably at most have that for, like, 10 people of, like, their two to 500 photos or contacts. So, yeah, that, that's annoying, and they keep, they keep shoehorning that, and that just takes up more and more space.
1: Yeah, what I don't really understand too, with like the whole Facebook integration thing is like it, when people update their profile pictures, it doesn't like when I update my profile picture, it updates my contact photo, but like, who cares about that? But it doesn't seem to really update other people's. I don't know. Like, it seems like it it seems like there are either limitations or bugs or something with that integration. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's that's weird and annoying but yeah i don't think they've done much
0: other than just with the ios 7 redesign that introduced the thing about the like all all images and profile photos turned circular remember that was when that was a big thing
1: yeah apple's a little behind the curve on that but well no didn't they pioneer that it hasn't haven't circular photos been like a thing on the web for a while isn't that like a web 2.0 thing i don't think so am, like am you mind making that up i think so because remember like when tweetbot
0: like when ios 7 came out like everything went from being like just rounded rectangles and ended up being circles like your your twitter profile picture is going to be like a, a 256 by 256 square but then everything became circles when ios 7 came out
1: hmm. yeah yeah maybe anyway. that's right
0: but yeah what else about ios 7 like they just oh um, hey it unlocked that time cool
1: I'll say, um, I know you have different feelings, but um, I really like the um, raise to wake. Good. I mean,
0: I, I don't, hmm. <laughs> I don't necessarily mind it. I just thought that that would solve the unlock problem, and it didn't. Hmm. So that that was the frustrating part. Like, I don't know. For me, like, I'm I'm deliberate when I want to use my phone. Like if I just pick up my phone off the desk and it's like a dark room or like I I just I don't want it to turn on.
1: I I, I could see cases like that, but I would say far more often than not when I pick up my phone, I like I am picking it up with the intent of using it. So having the screen just basically already be on by the time I'm ready to use it is is pretty cool. I mean, and I would say it really works a lot like. Uh, The Apple Watch, where I think for all the Apple Watch's faults, that actually is one thing they nailed where it's very, very infrequent that I go to look at my watch and the screen just doesn't automatically come on. Like that, that really almost never happens anymore. And I, I think that my experience the last couple of days with the phone is that this is just about as reliable as that. And even Even like it's, you know, taking the phone out of your pocket or even just picking it up off of a desk, kind of no matter what you do, it seems like it, it knows when you have the intent of looking at the screen.
0: Yeah. I mean, so so two things on that. I I don't have as good of luck with the the wrist detection on the Apple watch. There's a lot of instances where maybe I'm just not doing like a a wild enough gesture where it, where it wakes up. But like, since, because of the unlock thing that you're talking about where you have to depress the home button. I don't see how it would be any different because whether the race to wake is turned off and you lift up the phone and you put your finger on the home button and you click down, that's the same level of effort to get to a usable phone, whether race to wake is on or not. Hmm. Again, personal preference. And I, and like Samsung has done this for a while, but I think they actually do it in kind of a better way. And again, that's not gonna be something I say much on this program, but like they do a thing where the screen is black and white And only the time comes up and like a quick view of like any, it just shows the icons of the apps that want your attention. Like, I think that makes more sense because it's a lot less obtrusive if you did not mean to pick your phone up or like, if you didn't actually want to do something with it. Yeah. But again, different strokes. Um, So uh, you're an Apple music subscriber. Is Apple music better in this version or not really?
1: I, I have not opened the app once since i've upgraded ios 10 and i actually totally forgot that they revamped apple music i'm gonna open that now yeah big um, fonts oh yeah i rem- I remember this from the event now um i mean yeah it, it seems fine yeah uh new control center yay or nay uh, uh, a little bit of both i think yeah um I do so I like the now playing view. I think it it looks really nice. I think having the controls be larger than they were before makes a lot. I think that the whole that whole UI is really nice. However, I don't like the fact that you have to swipe to the right to get to it now as opposed to before where it was just part of the one and only notification center or control center rather screen. Um, although it, it is smart enough where if you're using the now playing view and then you swipe down to um, to close it, when you swipe back up, it'll still be the first one to come up. So at least it's smart <laughs> enough to do that. Um, but I, I think my, in particular, like the problem that I have with that being on the second screen is how kind of wasteful the first screen is.
0: Yeah, Night Shift has the most pixels per feature and it's the, the most useless feature
1: right yeah i mean the fact that night shift has the largest button on that screen it really doesn't make any sense like i night shift to me is like not not really one of those things that you turn on and off all the time like wouldn't that just be a general preference that you would toggle on or off in settings like i don't i guess i don't really understand why that needs such a prominent view in control center
0: yeah and like the, and these aren't even like cards that you can swipe away so like even though i'm a big person who's like into like hue lights and and some of the home automation stuff like i don't want this third screen of just of of their funky home app that doesn't actually work that well
1: right yeah i mean that that screen also is wasteful but i mean at least you know that one basically just stays out of the way unless you go to it like whereas this first screen you know that's that's the the primary view and it's just it's just so inefficient i mean the fact that you can't 3d touch the buttons at the top is silly um I think three of the four buttons at the bottom are not very useful. Like I think the light, like the the flashlight, is useful, but I have a million other ways to access the timer, the calculator, and the camera. So I don't know why.
0: Well, you have one fewer now.
1: <laughs> True. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just did that that the the concepts in that first screen of um, Control Center are fine, but it's just not executed very well. Um, one one feature I love, uh, and loves when by love I mean I just think it's crazy and kind of stupid is now whenever you three D touch an app that doesn't have any three D touch actions, it just gives you an option to share that app with someone. Have you seen this yet? I have. Yeah, and it it it's just kind of ridiculous. Wait, in a good or a bad way? it's it's it kind of just in a bad way why because it's, it's what just what do you care it's just it's just dumb i don't know i I don't know It just it just seems like a way of like apple saying well a lot of people aren't taking advantage of this whole 3d touch thing so let's just kind of slap something on here
0: so i'm i don't have strong feelings about this but i do see why they did it because uh in the old ways in like in the old days uh it would be like it would just make this like weird, like you know like the thing in OS ten when you type your password wrong and it shakes its head at you? Right. It's kinda like that where like in the old days it would just like the the Taptic engine would do just kind of like a nuh uh type thing. Yeah. And if you were somebody who was trying uh force touch for the first time, that probably would have been confusing or not very um uh illustrative. So True. I, I don't know. I think I think that's neat. Um yeah, it's just it's it's the the widget approach and kind of how they're doing that thing that just confuses me because like remember in the um, in the keynote they had the ESPN app where like it would show you if you force press on it like a game cast or like whatever their widget thing is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. That just it seems like widgets are in like three to four different places now, and they're all not that useful.
1: Yeah, I that's another feature that I had forgotten about, and so like the first time I three D touched like the Photos app, it does kind of the same thing, um, and its widget is kind of weird, but um, it yeah, I don't know, it's um, it's kind of a strange, it's kind of a strange UI, and yeah, it it seems a little um, redundant. Yeah,
0: um, all right, so where we're getting in the weeds a little bit. So, what, are there any other uh, iOS ten
1: specific features that we want to address um hmm no i can't can't really can't really think of any yeah i, th- I think that's yeah i think that's it for me um i think now uh, watch os 3 we can be a lot more positive about kind of all right go for it um so like you alluded to earlier and like we've experienced with previous watch os updates took just forever. It took like, I think about three hours for me between the download time and the installation time. Um, but at least it didn't uh, almost brick my watch. So, you know, it has that going for it. Um, I mean, yeah, in, in general, it, it's sort of, I think, well, I think what a lot of people, including probably us said at the, you know, during the event was this is, this is what watchOS 1 should have been. And in a lot of ways, I mean, the the button, you know, the the other button besides the digital crown now does something that you actually will use on a regular basis. Um, uh, complications actually work now. That's been great the last couple of days is all my third party complications actually stay perfectly in sync now. Like when I do something on my phone that would change the complication on my watch and vice versa, that's instantly happening now, which is great. Um, the the dock which is what the that button does now works as advertised um there's still the you know the honey the honeycomb thing of apps which it it seems like is one of those things that they're eventually get rid of but you really don't ever have to interact with that because of the dock now um just th- through and through it's it's just a a really solid update
0: so i agree with i agree with some of that and 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 less with other pieces so Couple things that I thought were interesting about this is that uh, first they disabled time travel by default, which is cool. Uh, they also disabled screenshots by default, which is an interesting
1: choice. Oh, uh, I, did, I, I didn't, I didn't notice either of those things. Interesting.
0: Yeah, like I, I was, I was uh, enthused when I saw that it just uh, accidentally bumping the digital crown didn't put me into this weird mode that's totally not useful for anything. Right. Uh screenshots are off I actually do sometimes take screenshots on the watch so I had to turn that back on uh one of my favorite features is that before I get into the negative stuff is that you can switch watch faces now with just kind of a, a, a deliberate swipe of of right to left or left to right yeah that's rather really,
1: than that. that's really nice
0: but the problem I or the thing I don't like is that you can still force press on it so like it's it's two ways to do the same thing
1: well but when you force press you can also customize the current version of the watch face so i mean maybe that's oh, uh, maybe, yeah. maybe that maybe that's all you should be able to do
0: yeah okay i i forgot that you'd ever have to like edit or customize it but it, it still shows the type of thing of like you can change this or like that's how you would um toggle between watch faces but okay that makes sense
1: well i, th- I think that's a compromise though i think when you force press maybe the only thing it should bring up is hey customize the current face you're on
0: yes yeah definitely uh, but for me, a couple of things. So I I enjoy the dock sort of, but for me, I uh in the past have used the now playing glance, uh, dozens of times per day, and now that that um the swipe up gesture has become just uh control center, which on the watch is not a useful feature. That's kind of a bummer because now um the now playing glance is not just always there because if i'm using the dock for something else that means i have to swipe a a random number of times to get back to it and also i don't like that when you go to the dock it uh depending on how quickly you swipe it can move between like four apps at once i just find that to be really imprecise and kind of annoying
1: see i think i i completely disagree with the the now the way the now playing um what do we call? We don't call them um, glances anymore. What do, what do we call these now? I think they're just called apps. Just apps. Um, I love the way it works now. In um, my use case, I most of the time I'm using that now playing app. I guess we're calling it is when I'm running. And before, you know, you'd you'd be running, you'd you'd have the workout application running. You would have to double tap the digital crown to switch back to your watch face assuming that was the last thing you accessed which it usually would be then you'd have to kind of like awkwardly swipe up and then get to the now playing screen whereas now when i'm running i can tap the button you know swipe over if i need to to now playing which is much easier than trying to swipe up and then just tap into the now playing uh, app so I, i think it's a lot better
0: yeah, I mean different interpretations, but I, I, yeah, I think it would be fine if it wasn't for the fact that, depending on how quickly it thinks you're swiping, that it moves between one single screen or like four screens. I don't know. I think that that lack of precision makes this uh, more frustrating to use than it than it has to be.
1: I guess I've I've almost had I'm I'm doing this right now too. I, I guess I've had the opposite experience where I feel like the dock is maybe a little too sticky, like where Swiping left or right sometimes doesn't actually go to the next app.
0: No, I mean I've uh, like I find it just I I can swipe with what I think is not a lot of um a lot of like motion and that moves between like four and six apps. And since like I I, I whittled it down to kind of what I think are kind of just the core apps I would use. So I have uh now playing. I have Hue Mode that controls my Hue lights. OmniFocus the workout app uh, stopwatch and do and that's it and i don't know that just seems like it i don't know whenever i want to pick the one i want it's it's
1: not as nice as i thought it would be hmm yeah i i i have have not had have not had that experience yeah but overall i'm
0: i'm very happy to see the um the friends circle banished because that always just i don't know
1: it just it just seemed it was one thing to have the friend circle, but it was a whole other thing to dedicate the only standalone button on the device to that. That was, and to have no way to change it. That was crazy. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I, I, overall I'm, I'm really jazzed on watch OS three. And I, I put in a a pre-order for the watch series two. So between that, between having a faster watch and having this new OS, I, I think the watch is really going to be, you know, like we said before, really probably where it should have been from the beginning.
0: Well, good. I do have one other complaint that I have to have to bring up. Uh, the Timers app
1: oh, has gotten y- way, yeah. way,
0: way, way worse. It
1: has, yeah. I and agree. here's the thing.
0: I had such high hopes for it because I I like the idea of what they're doing, but it has two key flaws which is you can't customize the preset timers and the custom uh little button is way at the bottom. Yeah. Because I do commonly probably set only like timers for three or four specific durations. So this could have been awesome. But like I I don't like the ones that they have preset for me. Right. If if Ooh. you
1: if you could have if you simply could have customized the the you know kind of preset ones then it would be perfect.
0: Yeah, who who sets a one minute timer?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, I, I, it com- I. I'm I'm exactly the same way. Where I we you know I use it for like doing laundry, where you know, the timer is always the same, and it's not any of the preset times that are there. So, so I would recommend
0: uh, trying an app that I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of called Do, which will allow you to do what
1: you want. I suppose that's appropriate for an app named Do.
0: Yeah. Oh, actually, there's my pick of the week. Okay, I'll get back to it. I don't know if that's already been a previous pick of the week, but I'm going to do it again. Um. All right. Uh. TVOS, we got to get out of this and do some interesting stuff.
1: Uh. TVOS three. It's gray <laughs> I, now. I, I I have I have not even updated my Apple TV, so I'm not not the right person to ask about that.
0: Yeah. Uh. So where 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 do you want to go next? Because I, I I feel like I've been complaining a lot, and I think the next thing on our uh little uh, list of potential things is very negative
1: well let's i mean let, let's just let's just get it all out there so you you have purchased a, a new television set um and this is this is your first tv purchase in a long time right
0: yeah so we're, we're going to talk about that with with why uh blasted technology lasts so long now but yeah I, I finally replaced my aging panasonic uh g10 plasma uh i'm very sad to see it go uh, with what I thought was a very nice uh, current generation Samsung uh higher end LCD TV, and it's and I and I hate it. It's it's the absolute worst. LCD has not gotten any better. It has all the same faults that it used to. I turned off some of the things that I thought would really bother me about it, like so I'm not looking at like everything's shot on a handycam, like the motion. Oh yeah, that's gotta, gotta that's turn fine. Turn that
1: off right away.
0: But like so many other things are frustrating about it. And, and, and I just, I'm bummed because plasma's dead and I don't have any other alternatives because I'm not going to be somebody who spends $3,000 on an OLED TV that has a lot of problems because OLED is not fully baked yet. But yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just bummed
1: that there's no better option. So off the air, you mentioned to me the backlight bleeding issue, which, you know, I, I, I think that's sort of just that's just a thing like the, i think i think i think every tv and every monitor for that matter has backlight bleeding it's just somehow totally less not. than others my mac
0: my macbook pro doesn't my imac doesn't my work monitor doesn't my plasma doesn't my car doesn't like i don't know, like I, I don't accept that like so like the reasons why i got this is so this is a Samsung seven thousand series. 2016 whatever uh, model uh, LCD TV and it's nice like it has it looks very nice it has a very very small bezel which I like and that's one of the issues I've had with like the plasma where if you want to wall mount that or do something with it it's it's just it's big and it's, it's kind of thick but it, it looks very nice Samsung makes a nice looking TV but yeah backlight bleed particularly at the bottom is very noticeable and kind of annoying on top of a whole lot of other things like uh the viewing angles on LCDs are still terrible. Like y- unless you're looking at it, uh, dead on or maybe within 20 degrees of dead on the colors shift quite a bit and,
1: and everything kind of starts looking washed out. Is that your experience? Well, I I guess I always just look at my TV straight on like viewing angles for me. just aren't really a thing. um, so I guess I can't really say one way or the other. Um, how did how did you decide on this particular model? So I went to, I went to to your Best
0: Buys or to to Best Buy and it's it looked nice like so it was a recommendation from the Wire Cutter that was their 2015 pick and then their 2016 pick they were in like the middle of updating their review guide and their 2016 pick was a Vizio which thumbs down to that and also. It was, it only came in like I think like 55 inches or bigger, and with the space I have, 55 inches would have been okay, but 49 makes more sense. Uh, it just it looks more balanced like in the space. Uh, so yeah, so it was a wire cutter pick where it started, and then I also checked it out in a Best Buy, and it looked nice. But again, a Best Buy or like a showroom environment is not the the best place to see where your actual TV is going to be in real world use because they they jack up the brightness and contrast and everything so that it looks good under fluorescent lights and it's it's just not an accurate representation of what you're going to see at home
1: yeah well i guess one of the reasons i was asking was because i think like so the wire cutters recommendation was the 2015 model right and it 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 seems like tvs can change significantly sometimes for the worse year over year so yeah i don't think that's it like Mm
0: -hmm. because i like because the thing is a whole bunch of them have backlight bleed. Like, that is something I noticed at, at the
1: Best Buy. Well, that, and, and that's that's what I was telling you, which is, I I mean, I think that's just kind of a... Because, like, when you mentioned it uh, this morning or yesterday morning, whenever you had initially told me about it, I specifically looked for it on my TV. And it's like, especially when you turn the TV on and it's just the Samsung logo and it's otherwise just a black screen, like, yeah, I mean, there's totally backlight bleed. But... I guess just in day to day use, i just this just isn't something I notice. yeah. the one thing I will say about this is that uh and this is something I wasn't expecting from
0: a Samsung TV is it does not have a Samsung boot up logo, and it turns on insanely fast
1: like it's it's good to go in under a second, and no Samsung logo. My God, my samsung TV from it's again about five years old now God, it takes forever to turn on. Cause I like I know most of them. Like I have I've I've been over to friends' houses that have them,
0: and like it's usually like if you see the Samsung logo and then Smart TV, and then, like it takes like a solid like six seconds to be usable.
1: That's what that's what mine is.
0: So yeah, that that was a pleasant surprise, and also the software that's built into the TV. Like, and again, I don't want to sound like a tinfoil hat person, but I'm refusing to connect it to the internet because Samsung has like uh, like a squirrely... Like terms of service, where like they reserve the right to send anything you watch through the TV, like up to Samsung for advertising purposes. Interesting. So so since I have an Apple TV and a Romeo, um, I I I'm actively not connecting it to the internet. Didn't Didn't
1: Vizio have something like that come up too, where their their T's and C's were kind of? They do. That's another reason why I don't like them. Yeah. Um. But. But yeah. So uh,
0: like the, the software is surprisingly sensible like it um the tv can control your apple tv which is interesting how what so do me a favor like i, I haven't looked up a picture of this but look up uh, a, re- a picture of the remote for the samsung 7000 series
1: um yeah I'm i'm on the amazon product page how does this not have a picture of the remote also the tv has no buttons which is which is
0: super annoying wait what it has no buttons, so if you lose the remote, you are screwed. Seriously, I've never heard of that. Like, it has a super small bezel, but literally there are no buttons in the whole damn TV, or I haven't found them. You probably just haven't
1: found them. No, which, I, I looked, mean, which, which I honestly hard. can happen. I looked hard. Um, God, he, oh here, oh here, okay, here we go. Smart remote. Okay, this this. Um... So do you have the one that has no no numbers on it and looks like a funky wand. Well, it, it looks like um, it looks like somebody took like a iPod Classic and sort of like stretch out stretch out the top and bottom. Or send me a link to it. Uh, here, I think I can. Let's see if I can figure this out. Let me do the copy, the paste. Yeah, there, there we go. Oh, I didn't. I I sent that to you in the in the wrong channel, but you should be able to figure it out. Uh, that's fine. Let's see. Yep, that's it. Yeah. So it has no
0: numbers on it. So if you want to attune to a channel number, you have to hit the one, two, three button and then do it uh, like left to right, like Apple TV style. But this this is interesting. It, it, it's frustrating and interesting and cool in a couple of ways. So the volume and channel keys at the bottom, they like push up and down, which is surprisingly intuitive and and nice. Hmm. Um. And then the, the D-pad in the center it it integrates really well. Like, you know how the Apple TV has the thing where over, like, I think it's called like HDMI CEC, it can it can control other components. Yes. So this will do the reverse where this will do like the up, down, left, right menu button on your Apple TV. So mm-hmm. it will, it'll totally control the Apple TV. And when you plug it in over HDMI, it actually recognizes that it's an Apple TV. And like the HDMI input automatically shows like a logo and names it Apple TV. Like it's it's super uh well integrated, which it which is which is weird for Samsung.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, that is weird. But yeah, like I don't know, the the remote is strange. Um, but I guess it's I don't know, like I yeah, I don't know. Like I'm gonna have to end up going back to the Harmony because this it doesn't have any support for TiVo Romeo. But mm. um, other than like changing channels up and down, it
1: seems seems like you're just better off with the Harmony.
0: Yeah, uh but it's interesting. It's weird but interesting. But yeah, no, no no power buttons or any buttons on the side of the actual TV. So you you need the remote. Hmm. Uh but other than that, yeah, uh the viewing angles are not good. It's it's just it's a downgrade all around from from the plasma and I'm I'm just bummed out about that. Oh, and the the last thing I was going to complain about is that uh like the black levels like one of the big selling points of this allegedly was supposed to it has super great black levels and it kind of does but it does it accomplishes this by cheating in the sense that it will dim the the backlight severely just to get it dimmer and it does that dynamically depending on like the content on screen hmm so like if you have a dark scene in a movie or like if I'm changing channels with the TiVo and and it goes the screen goes black for a minute you can tell that everything like the backlight is being scaled down like automatically to make the black levels appear better
1: it actually seems like that would be kind of weird cuz like is is the tv like physically is like, like can you tell it's getting dimmer mhm huh it does it
0: really fast so it's it's like it's not jarring All right but i can tell that that's what it's doing and i don't know as a picky person that I I don't like that. Yeah. You can turn it off, but then the black levels are uh just as bad as any other LCD.
1: Hmm.
0: So yeah. 20 in, in 2018, OLEDs
1: will be fully <laughs> baked. Yeah. And I can replace this. Um have you have you tried any 4K content on it? I have not. Yeah, that's I don't I, know I if still, I have any I still have not even I don't think ever seen 4k video in person on a 4k screen
0: well actually yes i have i i I plugged in my macbook pro to it Mm. and the resolution it it looked great yeah yeah but i don't have any like native 4k video content
1: well you could you could temporarily subscribe to like the higher tier netflix and try that
0: but apple tv doesn't support 4k oh
1: and you don't I mean, I assume that the TV itself has a Netflix app. That's probably four K, but you don't yeah. want to. You don't want to connect that.
0: <laughs> does that sound me? Does that make me sound really paranoid?
1: Uh, not really. No, I get. I get it. I don't yeah. think. I don't think that would bother me necessarily. But I. I, I respect that it bothers you. Yeah. Um. Does Romeo support four K? I, I,
0: I think, think it the, kind um, of does.
1: I think no. I think that new Romeo Pro they announced does. Or no, I I, the bolt. Pro- I'm sorry, the bolt. The bolt does. No, I don't oh, think the-, the I don't think the Romeo does. I think the Dang. bolt. The bolt does. Yeah, and which which now you can buy now that it's not in the uh, now that it's in a you know reasonable color. <laughs> it's still not in a reasonable shape. No, no, that's true.
0: <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember the boxy box that I bought? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I do kind of miss weirdly shaped electronics, but I don't think your DVR should be one of them.
1: No, it really shouldn't. <laughs> Not that I'm uh, bitter,
0: yeah. It's it's unstackable, or at least it, it it has to be the king of the heap.
1: Yeah. Now that I'm getting ready to like do a new like home theater setup, I gotta figure out where to put that damn thing.
0: Oh, you gotta un- you gotta disassemble Besta. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a pain in the ass to do. Yeah, I, I haven't really thought about that yet. And that's not gonna reassemble the same way.
1: Well, Besta best is not getting reused. Aww. Yeah, Best Besta has um, reached the end of its useful life
0: the best of its years. <laughs> um oh boy. Pretty good. Yep. Um what was i going to say? Well, but you you've got that Westell money, so you're fine. Yeah, that's right, yeah.
1: oh we could talk about internet mattresses too. Um oh yeah, oh I'm I'm so interested in hearing that. Dude, God, this
0: So let, let's get what now I I'm sorry. I apologize for everybody who uh listens to this show for you because this is going to be um I'm just talking about myself the whole time, but
1: yeah, no, I think I think that's actually what the people come for. But like
0: let's let's talk about how long technology lasts because during this relocation, I've noticed that everything I own is super old. Like my my Mac Mini, my Airport Extreme, my plasma TV, my Logitech Harmony, literally all of these things are from 2008 and 2009, meaning I've had like core pieces of technology in kind of my setup that have outlived the Obama administration. (laughs) Like, and I just, I don't know. I, I don't know what that means in the sense like that things last a really long time now, or at least like they don't get obsoleted as fast as I thought they would. And like things don't break as much. So I don't know if that just means I've lost my edge. As like, as like a consumer. Um, but yeah, like it was so much stuff that I own is super old. Like the only things that are new are my phone, my iMac, and my laptop, and now this TV. But otherwise, a lot of stuff
1: is is literally like kind of like, I did, like from when I moved out of college. Well, I think my response to you now is the same as it was a couple of days ago when we talked about this off the air, which is I think that's just part of becoming a more mature and fiscally responsible adult. No, but old me has been dead and gone for a long time. Well, but like, but now now it, it be, it's because that's happened over the course of years. You know, we we've built up enough time now where there's there's now enough time to look back on and realize, oh, the stuff is old. Like you you couldn't you couldn't have done that two years into your new self, but you can do it. You know, a number of years down the road now. But a couple things with that,
0: like. Hmm. I don't know, but like, but old like old Ryan's not dead. Like you, you still have you still.
1: Uh, no, I think I know. Like you, I've, you still
0: have a gaming PC, and you bought your Oculus and all that kind of stuff. Like you, you cycle through things pretty quickly.
1: Uh, it's, yeah. I mean, well, but that's that's sort of that's sort of been the only thing I've done recently. Because I, I I would say other than upgrading my iPhone every year, like I, I so I look around here right, like the cinema display that I'm using right now, 2009. Um, yeah. The, that that is your that is your albatross. Right. The the t well the TV that I'm using, you know, 5 years old. Um the like I've had my router for a long time. Um What router do you have? I have one of the Airport Extremes. Do you
0: have the one that looks like a Mac mini except yeah. white?
1: Yeah. Yeah, same one I've got. That's yeah. from
0: 2009.
1: Yeah. I I haven't I haven't had mine that long, but I I've, I've had it for some period of time. Um so, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I've certainly much less so now. And like, and another good example too is like, you know, I sold my Xbox. I'm I'm about to sell my PlayStation. So like that kind Wait, of stuff what? is out. Are you, you, know, you knew about my Xbox. No, not the PlayStation
0: though. Are you going to buy the PlayStation like four and a half? Or well, so it, that, that's you, what I was, you,
1: no, that's what I was going to transition into is like, you know, now we've got the Xbox One S and we've got two new PlayStation 4s. And like I'm like, eh, I don't think I I don't think I want any of that stuff. So hold on. Whoa. There's you here you're pivoting this
0: whole conversation. Is is gamer Ryan dead? Yeah. I am super I think, happy about
1: this. I think I think so. I think so. I think what I just need to be honest with myself about is I'm still really interested in the industry and just kind of hearing about new games that are coming out and what people think about them. Um like, you know, the Giant Bombcast, which is the video game podcast I listen to each week, is probably still my favorite show. Like, it's, it's the podcast I most look forward to listening to every week. But I think I, I just enjoy hearing about games more than I do actually playing them. They're just such a big time commitment. Whereas I feel like I can listen to somebody talk about playing a game for 15 minutes and be like, oh, okay, yeah, I get the general gist of what that would be. As opposed to, like, 15 hours it would take to actually play it myself.
0: This is groundbreaking
1: news. I'm good job, man. I mean, our. Hmm. And I feel like, you know, like the the gaming PC thing, like I feel like that's tech computers are different because it also just kind of taps into like just my general interest of technology, which is certainly like what the Oculus has been is it's I've just been more interested in the tech, not necessarily like actually like, oh, I'm going to sit down and play a bunch of games on this thing. So. Yeah, I don't know. I also just, I love the idea of like this new home theater setup I'm going to do where I like, I want it, I, I want it to be very minimalist. Like I, I, I don't like, I'm not going to, I'm going to sell my receiver. I, I don't want, I don't want that whole thing. I want just like one of the simple, you know, sound bars with the wireless rear speakers. I want, you know, you, I want to speak my language. I want a TV that just has enough HDMI ports for the devices that I have so that I don't need to bother mm-hmm. with like an HDMI splitter. Like I don't want I don't want any of that stuff. I want just sleek, simple. You know, three four devices plugged into it. Boom.
0: I love it. Yeah. Nope. so like minimalism is is my word of the next twelve months. Just streamlining everything and just getting rid of uh, of 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 extraneous shit I don't need.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, it's, it's like, for me, it's been just been being a lot more honest about the stuff that I use and the stuff that I don't use, you know, and the stuff that I regularly don't use. It just, it's obvious I need to get rid of that stuff. And like the gaming consoles for me have been the best example of that, where, you know, like an idiot, I bought all three new consoles and have, you know, had them over the last couple of years. And it's like, I mean, I've probably used each one of those things, like, less than, I don't know, less than, like, a couple dozen hours each. I mean, just, like, not use them at all. So, you know. So proud of you. Thank you.
0: Fantastic. Um, Yeah, I mean, for my setup, I'm try- I'm thinking the TV, Romeo, Apple TV, and I'm actually going to mount the Apple TV to the back of the TV. Like, have you seen those things?
1: uh no uh
0: let me i'll send you a link um but yeah i'm gonna do that and then just get like a, a basic soundbar um and just be done with it because like i've been also another thing that's super old i've been using this like it's a logitech like uh, pc speaker setup i've been using that as like my home theater system which it it's worked fine
1: but um yeah i'm, I'm trying to
0: make this uh super
1: uh super minimal yeah, I mean, like, God, like, for me, like, the the, the whole like having a receiver, like, man, that un- just... unless you
0: have a five point one setup and you have a gigantic living room, oh yeah, that's I mean, not like, necessary. you know,
1: someday with like you know the bigger house or whatever, like, totally, but like in a little one bedroom apartment where you have to be pretty cognizant of your noise levels, like, it's just it's silly. No, there's like a. I think it's a wire cutter pick, or at least I see it on the deal sites pop up and it's got high reviews. It's like some, um, I think it's at Vizio, sorry, some, <laughs> some Vizio set that's like, it's just a, it's a front bar and then, uh, uh, wireless subwoofer and wireless rear speakers like boom, you know, connects to your TV and that's it.
0: Is it the one that's like $170?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's boom. That's perfect. Yep. I assume the wireless probably only works like half the time, but like whatever. That's fine.
0: Yeah.
1: It's probably going to interfere with like my Wi-Fi network and all that, but still better than um, dealing with the wires.
0: You microwave something, you lose sound. Or, <laughs> yeah, probably. Or, or, or it turns on the, the French uh, French subtitles. No, it's it's, it's actually
1: probably okay. They're the reason why I I think that way about them is because when I was I don't know I was probably only maybe like twelve or something. My my dad and I um did a whole home theater setup in our house for the first time, and our first pass at it, we um got the like front speakers and the receiver but we really didn't want to run wires to the back of the room so we bought a pair of wireless speakers and like I don't know this again this was probably like yeah I don't know 90 like late 90s let's say <laughs> and um wireless wireless technology back then was probably not as good as it is now and I mean those <laughs> those rear speakers they they was awful they would only work <laughs> they would only work like ten percent of the time. It felt like, oh man, it was it was not good. I think they I think they took um, I think they took like D batteries or something. To, no way uh, they were. Wait, so they I assumed
0: wireless for the um for the audio source, but they didn't even plug in. No, uh, uh-uh. uh
1: no. <laughs> I mean, you might have been able. That is t- not environmentally environmentally friendly. <laughs> well, no, but because they hardly ever worked, you know, didn't really use a lot of power. Hmm. <laughs> yeah those things were those things were bad i remember we also <sighs> speaking of like old wireless tech we had um like a real early wi-fi setup it was like an intel thing oh you know, I, you know I, what I'm, I'm talking about
0: it was like the intel uh it was i think it was called pc anywhere or something or...
1: yeah yeah and it was like you didn't you didn't you didn't use a router you like you, you like one of your pcs became like the host Hold, God, I gotta find a picture of this. Yeah. I know exactly it was, what it you're was, talking they, about. It was blue. And like, yeah, you you plugged in like the transmitter, I guess, like via USB into one of your PCs in the home. And it, it be, you know, this was the PC that was also like hooked up to your, your modem. I think it was like our DSL modem at the time. And then it would, you know, it would broadcast a wireless signal to other PCs in the home, which also had to have like a little USB receiver thing. And it, I mean, God, it was bad. It just was so unreliable and so slow. Oh, that's awesome!
0: I can't find it, but that—that's amazing. Congratulations on being a super early adopter. That's- yeah,
1: no, we, yeah, we were, we were pretty early with, um, we were pretty early with high, you know, air quotes, high speed internet. Um, you know, we had a Cox h- home. like a hundred or two hundred k down DSL connection pretty early on that. God, I mean, I'll talk about unreliable. That thing was down all the time. Um, was that on PacBell? Bell? No, no. It w- it was some. Um, it was some like no name DSL provider that I like. I think I had found somewhere and like somehow <laughs> convinced my parents that that was going to be a good idea. I think because they were so tired of my sister and I hogging up the phone line. <laughs> um. And we never, we never got a second phone line. I don't know why, but <laughs> stubbornness. Man, you you realize you realize how old we sound even now. No, let, no, let that's alone, that's like... the thing.
0: <laughs> Again, I, I'm complaining about having an eight year old router, and God, seriously, we cannot underestimate or we cannot overstate. <laughs> like, this is why we don't understand Apple Messages in iOS ten, because we're too damn old.
1: I think. I mean, think about like. actually did this the other day where i I did a speed test using my at&t lte connection Mm -hmm. i was getting like 40 megs down Mm -hmm. i'm like (laughs) i'm like this is this is all my my little mobile phone like Mm -hmm. on a data like a wireless data network yeah i'm getting these crazy fast speeds it's i don't know it's just kind of kind of amazing
0: yeah yeah won't be long now Oh
1: man, um, we've seen the best of our days. Yeah. Um, All right, so I I can't wait any longer. We just we got to jump into this. I I need to know about your your Casper mattress experience. So after the probably literally hundreds of ads you've heard from them, you've you finally caved and and got one of these things. Mm-hmm. So I I, I need to know how it is. It's fine. Hmm.
0: Because here's the thing, so I was thinking of like how to talk about it, and, and I don't know how, because the thing is like, so for example, like with the TV, I know what I'm looking for. Does that make sense? Right. Like I'm picky in in several ways because I know about the technology, and I'm like, I'm very perceptive to like the, the things that make things different. So like black levels and viewing angles and all that stuff, like I, I'm i super in tune to that, and I uh, that's what kind of... Makes or breaks something for me. But a mattress, honestly, I have no idea. Like, even if I, let's say Casper and all these, all these internet mattresses didn't actually exist, and I went into, I'm still, I don't know, I still feel like I'm new to the Bay Area, so I don't know who the mattress people are here. <laughs> like, cause I just remember the TV ads from being a kid in, in Southern California. But I think there's something called Sleep Train. Maybe I would go into a Sleep Train store. And I, I just, I don't, I have no idea how I'd be able to tell a good mattress from a bad mattress whether I'm spending 500 a 1000 or $3,000. Right. So to be honest, I don't know. But, I mean, the Casper mattress came in four days. Like, I, I remember... So, first off, I ordered a uh, Lisa mattress because that's what the sweet home told me to buy. But then um, uh, I canceled that order because I saw another picture of a Corgi on a Casper mattress, and uh also American Express had a seventy five dollar off promo thing. Anyway, that one came a lot sooner, so it it came uh four days later. And it again the mattress it's it's fine. It was packed in a really small box that came through UPS. I unpacked it, it was ready to go in like all of three minutes. I gave it a couple hours to kind of air out and get its like original shape. And it's fine comfortable i'm sleeping fine i don't my back doesn't hurt my back doesn't feel great but again both of those can be chalked up to just being old
1: (laughs) Um, you you can never quite know anymore right uh but no it's fine yeah i mean so the so west elm now has like a casper demo station which Mm -hmm. um the lady friend and i have tried a couple of times um over the last couple weeks and yeah i mean it's it seems fine like it seems like it's comfortable but uh, yeah i mean what do you what are you gonna learn by laying on a mattress for fifteen seconds?
0: So that is that is the thing where the hundred day return policy for me does matter a ton. Right. Where it feels very risk free. Like I don't think I'm gonna return it. Like I think it's fine because here's the thing, I
1: have no idea if anything else would be any better. Like it's not uncomfortable. And do you do you do you really wanna go through the shame of having to call them and having guys come <laughs> and take take away this mattress? I gotta get the airbed out. Um <laughs> until
0: my other internet mattress comes in. Um yeah, so I mean it's 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 fine. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's it's totally fine. Um with like the old mattress that I had and like the pillow top thing. Like I actually found the um whatever the like the comfort foam pillow thing. I actually always found that too mushy. So I, I wasn't a fan of that. So I actually do think the um the The Casper mattress has kind of like the right, um, just like just like all the podcasts <laughs> have, has the right sink, has the right bounce. Like yeah, it's, right, it's fine. Like again, I it it's not uncomfortable. Like I don't feel like I'm uh, just sinking or, or like I'm not just like it's not like sleeping on a marshmallow, but it's also not like sleeping on a cutting board. So I can't think of any other <laughs> better an- analogies,
1: but it it's fine. I mean, yeah, the, the thing with the, the Casper mattresses to me seems like they're they're so much less expensive than most other mattresses that even if it's not quite what you want, you can buy both the mattress and a topper for it and still come out way ahead what you would with a, you know, maybe a more expensive mattress that out of the box would be to your liking.
0: Yeah, I would try it without the, the pillow topper. again. Like, Yeah, I, I think know, so. I think I think that'll be the plan yeah like for me it's like a religious issue i just i just i just feel that it's too it's too mushy to be comfortable and it also makes putting like a fitted sheet over it uh just a huge pain in the butt
1: yeah no i I think the plan would be to to try it without but again i mean you you have that as kind of a fallback
0: yeah and again i like i don't know what their marketing strategy is but I, i i attribute like because both of these uh purchases were motivated by dogs like the uh, like the uh, the Sweet Home article had a a, a dachshund lying on the Lisa uh, the Lisa mattress, but then I, I changed my order when I saw a, a corgi on Instagram sitting on it. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. What what's what's the other one? Helix Sleep. I mean, there's there's like eighteen of them now. There there's a bunch of them. So maybe they should get some golden retrievers, and maybe that'll sway you. <laughs> maybe.
1: Are you are you still on Instagram? Oh, all the time. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. It's it's, um, it's it's mostly dogs.
0: It's it's gotta be all dogs. Yeah, it, should,
1: it really it should be.
0: Dude, that that dog playing Uno today made my day.
1: It's it's really good. And then then the the caption is just I mean it's just <laughs> spot on. Poor, oh, at poor pupper. It, at least it wasn't a plus two or sorry
0: a plus four. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You saw? Did you, did you see uh, dog rates get into a fight with a guy? No. There's some. There's some. I'll let you look this up independently. We won't get into this, but there's some person on the internet named uh, Brant, like Brent spelled improperly, (laughs) and he complained saying that uh, your dog, like your dog rating system, like you should change your name to just cute dogs because your dog rating system is broken. How can they all be above ten? And then dog rates wrong. And then dog rates replied, but they're good dogs, (laughs) Brant. And then like apparently it turned into like a whole internet. like weird Twitter internet fight. And it was, it was very entertaining.
1: I, I really enjoy when uh dog rates and, and Darth talk to one another because it's usually in all caps and, and it's usually, it's usually it's initiated by Darth being really excited about one of dog greats posts. And it's, mm-hmm. it's just great.
0: I do too. It's this <laughs> in, in a year with little to celebrate, mainly relating to the election. Th- that's a reason to celebrate the, the return of Darth. And just and just dog Instagram yeah. or sorry dog Twitter right. and also dog Instagram just dog dog social media, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. 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 like GamerGate and all that kind of stuff. It's a, it's a pox on society. But if there's dogs on Instagram, <laughs> things might be okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, maybe <laughs> nah, let's, let's reevaluate that on November 9th.
0: Yeah, thirty seven percent chance that uh, we're all we're all we're all doomed. Yeah. Mm. We're all gonna have to talk to Ford to get a chariot uh, to go to New Zealand. (laughs) So let me throw you a bone. Yeah. So your your favorite uh, paratransit company got uh, purchased by Ford.
1: Yeah. Um, So what we are we're talking about uh, Chariot, which is a a service which so far is just in San Francisco slash part of the Greater Bay Area, Um, and you know that the concept is is really smart. It's sort of plugging in some of the holes to our existing. Um, public transportation system, of which there are many. Um, And even in areas that, you know, the Muni goes, that Chariot also goes, Chariot also just tends to be much more efficient. And so, and like another use case for me is like coming home from BART in the evening, the express bus that I take stops running relatively early in the evening, whereas Chariot runs until it's like 8 or 8.30. So just lots of ways that, that Chariot is sort of just better than than muni here in san francisco so i i've been using it for the last couple of years and and love it have very very little to complain about they've done a a nice job of continually improving the ios app they've done a nice job of getting nicer bigger cars um, everything about it's just pretty pretty awesome um, and kind of kind of out of nowhere um, they got scooped up by it's not like Ford proper. It's what is it? It's like the Ford mobile something or something like that.
0: Like they probably have some type of like innovation lab or some yeah. whatever whatever
1: whatever they house their their like other businesses. It's and yeah, you're right. So, something like that. Um but you know, the 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 press release announcing um the agreement um you know, indicates that Chariot's not really going to change. If anything, you know, the deal is all about improving the existing service and expanding it to other areas, which to me makes all the sense in the world. Um, but, um, uh, I guess, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll see. What's a Ford Go Bike? I don't know. I, I saw that was part of it, um, part of it too. Um, but, yeah, yeah so it's know. part of Ford Smart Mobility and Smart Ford Force City Sp- Solutions. Yeah, that's that's what it is.
0: Um hmm. Yeah. Interesting, cool, good for you. Uh yeah, I saw yeah, uh, a chariot up in Marin as well. I like they've been everywhere. I saw them in, in
1: Emeryville like a month ago and yeah, they're Yeah, they're great and they you know, they also have a a charter service where you can just rent them on the weekend and we we did that with some friends uh going wine tasting in Sonoma a couple months ago. It was great. It was like half the price of like what it would cost for any other sort of transportation like that. The driver was incredibly nice. Uh, I mean the whole thing was it was awesome. They're they're good, good company.
0: Yeah. I mean I I have I have other concerns about just kind of like does this help solve everything like because this is diverting this type of stuff diverts money from, like, traditional public transit, but
1: eh, we're, we're not going to solve that. Well, I just, you know, it, it, to me, it falls into not exactly the same storyline, but something similar to, like, the whole cab and Uber thing, where it's, you know, if the existing system wasn't so crummy, there wouldn't be a demand for these alternative services.
0: But this only solves it for upper-middle-class people. But cherry, but cheer, so the cheered, same cheered, shitty but, system but, exists for
1: everybody else. But Chariot is not expensive. It's it, it's but it, m- it doesn't go to the places that
0: everybody else needs it. It it's, only goes along the uh, no, high income routes. No,
1: no, no, that's not it true. It does. Look, look at no. Take take a look after the show at Chariot's website. They show all the routes they have. It's pretty extensive.
0: None of this goes out to uh, the uh the sunset district.
1: Oh, I don't think, Th- this I don't is, think this that's is... true.
0: No, I'm looking at it right here. Really, the entire sunset is not covered. Like, yeah, not like most but, of but, no the, e- their,
1: but their coverage area is not just well. I mean, shit, all of San Francisco is the Richie area now. But um,
0: I don't know. This this is this does not cover a large part of the city. But anyway, well I don't know. one one
1: one could argue Muni doesn't either. No, it totally does. In a really crappy way but it still gets people who anyway different topic yeah yeah still takes people in the sunset like an hour to get downtown it takes driving it takes an hour (laughs) well yeah that's probably true
0: again complicated yeah again we're gonna we're gonna have self-driving everything very soon yeah 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 all right we're running long especially do you want to talk about Uber's self-driving thing in pittsburgh real quick i guess
1: um you know this it, is exciting i think i think so yeah i mean I, th- I think it is i think this particular iteration feels maybe a little publicity stunt-ish but but That's yeah no, i mean it, it's 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 trending in the right way
0: yeah like uh, i am not their biggest fan at all but anybody who is advancing the cause of self-driving cars as a way to solve transportation for people is is fantastic like, my, all of my qualms and, and complaints about Uber are based on their labor practices and a whole bunch of other things and operating in, like, this legal gray area. But it seems like their self-driving car thing is totally, like, above board. And they're advancing technology in a great way. They're they're pioneering this field. And they're, I don't know, it just seems really, really cool. I've, I saw a couple of videos of it, where, like, in action. It, it's just
1: incredibly neat. And I can't wait. Doesn't it seem like self-driving cars actually like just kind of came out of nowhere in a way where like just no. they were. Nope. No. Like again, you, what was our, do, didn't we have like a self-driving
0: car episode like 20, uh, 20 episodes ago? Uh,
1: but I but I mean coming out of nowhere, like, I mean just in the last like two years or so, it's sort of just like, oh, like this is, this is just sort of like a thing now. This isn't just a concept. Well,
0: Google Google's been working on it for five years, and they came out with a lot of proof of concept stuff. Like you've seen those, uh, like the Lexus RX Google self driving cars for. They've been on the road of the Bay Area for like at least three and a half years in the public. So I think that when people saw that and how well that they're able to do with lidar technology and that kind of stuff and and their in house mapping stuff, that it could be a reality, and I think that spurred everybody else to do it. And I think Uber with the Hundreds of millions of miles driven and tracked through their uh, through their network of human drivers that they ultimately don't want anymore. Um, like that's all they need. They're getting the best talent and the, and they're just making it happen. Hmm. So no, I think I think Google pioneered the way, but I think that led everybody else to realize how possible it was, and I think that's actually going to be a problem for Google. Yeah. Yeah, but it seems really really cool and and I and I like the way that they're doing it like it just seems super super fun and 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 interesting. Yeah. I think my uh my predictions from our self-driving car episode are moving right along. <laughs> uh, any other things you want to
1: cover, do you want to skip to the end? Um gosh, I mean there there's some there are some other stuff I guess like I mean the the Echo Dot we've got on here, although I mean it's not out yet, so I guess we'll probably we'll probably come back to that. Mm-hmm. As somebody who bought two of them today, um, you
0: pre-ordered the dot. mm
1: mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. One for the kitchen,
0: one for the bedroom, or yeah, like what?
1: Bingo. Yeah.
0: Is your kitchen going to be separate from the living
1: room, yeah. or is it just? Yeah the the, the kitchen so the this place that we're moving into the the layout it's it's a very functional apartment and it's it's pretty good size and it's got a lot of storage, which is great, but it's got a really quirky layout um so yeah, the kitchen is like at the opposite side of the apartment from the the living room hmm yeah oh cool yeah um so yeah, so I guess there'll be more to talk about with that later um the, I guess we'll shout out to the slack team switcher it's mm-hmm. wonderful. it's kind of amazing that they haven't had that from the get-go there because there really hasn't been a great way to switch teams before um switching Mm -hmm. teams is also now a 3d touch action which i actually think is kind of neat uh where do you see that uh so when you 3d touch on just on the you know the home app or just on the you know the app on your home screen switching teams is one of the options that's always been there I feel like Slack didn't have 3D touch actions for a long time. I feel like even just the actions themselves are new. No. Hmm. Yeah, no, I don't think so. But okay. Yeah, but the new the new Switch has been great. Hmm. Um. And then I guess um the the overcast stuff. I don't think I have a lot to say about switching to ads. Yeah. All right. Let's let's skip to picks of the week. Yeah. I guess that was my long winded way of saying yeah. Let's skip to the <laughs> end. <laughs>
0: All right, what do you what do you got this week?
1: Um, so I've been on a little bit of a um, health kick, I would say, um, and so I actually have uh, two picks of the week that that have supported uh, that the health this health kick. The first is the Jawbone Up Three. Uh, I wanted something to track my sleep, and it it seemed to be one of the more sensible options out there where. It's kind of a no frills kind of device. Um, not something that I would really wear around all day, but um, something that you know when I sleep, it's fine. Uh, the Jawbone application gives you a lot of really interesting sleep data, and does it kind of displays it in a really nice way. Um, yeah, I, I've I've had it for two three weeks now, and I've I've really I've really liked it. Hmm. And it writes to the uh the health app, which is gonna be something I'll I'll get back to in a minute. Um <clears throat> because the other thing that I, I purchased recently was one of the Withings, is that how you pronounce it? Mm-hmm. Uh Wi-Fi scales. Yeah. Um I kind of I kind of went all out and I got the it's called the body cardio. Mm-hmm. It's it's their kind of top of the line one that came out not too long ago. The price difference wasn't huge between the next model down, so I thought, well, the, the heart rate stuff, like I guess, is kind of interesting. So I got that. Um, been using that every day. Um and what I you know, what I like about both of these devices in conjunction is they both work with um the health app in iOS, which turns out something I've never used before, but turns out is actually a pretty good app. It's a good app if you have apps that feed into it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I guess I never really had before and now I do. And so it's it's just, it's cool having like all this data in one place. Um, and I haven't done much with it yet because I think the value in that data is looking at it over time. And it's it's only been about, I guess, close to a month now, actually, with these, these two things. So, you know, it'll be interesting over time to see the data that's coming through there. But, um, you know, I just, I feel like in the past like i've i've kind of wanted to try to get healthier but like i haven't really had any ev- way to even measure whether that's working or not and you know kind of now i do and now i have a way to kind of hold myself accountable.
0: Well good job. Although i don't ever think you've been unhealthy.
1: But i'm eh, not not unhealthy, but there are there are areas that i i could be healthier. Got it? Well good. Yeah. I mean i i i've loved my
0: scale and i'm glad you're Glad, glad you're giving it a shot. Uh, what's
1: um, so the cardio model that just it just measures heart rate? Yeah, it it, it does heart rate, and then it uses that information to uh, determine your pulse wave velocity, which is uh, evidently another measure of cardiovascular health. Got it. So. Um, i don't don't know if that's <laughs> if you know i don't know how much stock to put into that but um you know whatever okay well cool yeah um and you have no no concerns that uh jawbone no longer <laughs> makes fitness trackers no, um, you know it, it, it was a small investment. It was fifty bucks or something, and um, I mean if, if they never had if they never made any additional software updates or firmware updates to the band or anything, i mean it it works perfectly fine as is. so good. and it's kind of neat where like the jawbone app too, so what I have it do is it it writes sleep data to the health app and then it it just reads activity data. So it reads the activity data from my Apple Watch, but then it writes, you know, the sleep data. So it's kind of like, it's great because I've got, you know, full complete data in both the Health app and in the Jawbone app, which is, you know, the Jawbone app's kind of neat too. So yeah, it's really it's really
0: well designed. Yeah.
1: Cool. All right,
0: uh, and then for mine, mine's uh, nothing too notable and i think we have actually talked about this in the past but i i think my pick of the week will be uh the giant race
1: so well okay so you you preempted me i was i was gonna end the show with giving you a shout out for uh completing that 10k but i i guess i have to preemptively do that now congratulations thanks man yeah i think you were the one that recommended it and it, it was a fun thing
0: overall and yeah i'm glad i did it and yeah i think they, they do it twice a year or once a
1: year they do it. Well, so they they think they have 3 of them. I think they they do one in Scottsdale around spring training. They do one down in San Jose at some other point of the year, like some maybe early part of the summer, and then they do the San Francisco one.
0: Got it. Yeah, but I mean, it's a it's a fun event. You get to start at 18T Park and then finish up on the field. Uh there's a lot of people that participate and it's fun. You and you get a you get a you get a bobblehead and you get a medal and it's it's a fun time all around
1: yeah finishing inside the stadium is really neat yeah uh do you see yourself doing the 10k again next year maybe moving up to the half marathon uh before i did this i actually already registered
0: for the berkeley half marathon so that's coming up in november so there we go yeah
1: i'm gonna succeed or i'm gonna die trying (laughs) so did you so with this 10k did you go in with like a time in mind
0: I I hope to do okay. Um like a, kind of what I normally do. I the the race was frustrating at the start just cuz there were a lot of people there and uh the number of people um uh, made me go a lot slower for the first mile than I otherwise would have because the crowd didn't really thin out for a while. So my first mile was like 9 minutes and 30 seconds, which is far slower than I normally run. Right. But that also kind of did help me not overexert myself I, at, the, at yeah. the start of it.
1: Yeah, I was going I was going to say that.
0: But, yeah, I mean, overall, I think I ended up with, like, a, a pace time of, like, 8 minutes, 10 seconds per mile, which is which is longer than I normally would have done. Like, I'm normally, like, a solid, like, 7.45 a mile. Uh, but, yeah, it was still fun. And, um, yeah, I think the half marathon is what's going to be a lot uh, trickier. Because, yeah, because I, I didn't start, like, I was able to run pretty consistently and not slow down or feel fatigued until, like, mile four. So, I think... Uh, 12 miles will be uh a bit more challenging
1: yeah but i think you'll i mean you'll find that the adrenaline of race day kind of takes you a long way i mean you probably you probably felt that way even with the 10k yeah well cool man yeah it is it's a really it's a great event yeah and i think it's it's all all the proceeds go to um i think it's what what is it is it um project open hand project open hand yes i don't think all proceeds well at at least a good chunk of them do yeah,
0: because, like, I assume it, it costs quite a bit to put it on.
1: Well, all, I guess, all, maybe all, all profits. profit, Yeah. 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 It's fun. I also I
0: almost uh, totally forgot that you cannot pick up your bobblehead or any of the other stuff uh, on the day of the race.
1: Yeah, even and, and the emails they sent out about that they they mentioned it, but they were not clear at all. I the first time I did it, I very much had that experience, and even subsequent years, like I would always forget. Like, oh crap, yeah, I got to go to the the expo thing. Although the expo is is pretty well run and and not that difficult to do, so. It
0: was, but it was basically just like walking through like just, ads. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm like I like I enjoy it, but like I, I don't like people are like shoving Cliff bars in your face. I and know stuff.
1: the the San Francisco Marathon, which they set up the pavilion or the expo at Fort Mason's the same way, where you got like literally the the check in area is literally in the back of Fort Mason, and you have you have to go through the entire warehouse or yeah. whatever the heck that thing is, uh, the event pavilion. Yeah. yeah.
0: Powered by HP. <laughs> no, um, not anymore,
1: unfortunately. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Alright, on to the half marathon. Yeah. Uh f- all right. Uh we are gonna have some so what's uh what's our scheduling looking like for the so, next couple of so weeks? So we will
1: there will be no show, I'm sorry to say, for the next two weeks. So normally both the twenty first and the twenty-eighth would be recording days for us, but um not not this time around. Uh so we will be back on october 5th
0: and we've been teasing this over and over again maybe the politics episode who knows it'll be the first the 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 first debate will have happened and as as a patriot probably and we won't say what ryan's doing but uh he he will have watched it and um
1: yeah um i mean maybe i feel like yeah we can't really end a show now without teasing an episode it, it, we don't it, actually it, bother doing introducing the idea of yeah an episode that we're we may may not ever do um, but we, we might at least, even if we don't do a full blown politics episode, I think it's going to be hard not to at least talk about the debate. Cause I, I have to, I have to assume there's going to be a lot to talk about. Yeah. And I feel like it's actually good because we'll, we'll have had a kind of a week and a half to calm down perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, oh man, that's going to, that's, poof, boy. We'll have a basket full of things to talk about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a reference that will not, that will not age well. Yeah, but.
1: well, not not at the pace this election is going. Yeah. All right. Well, um, until until October.